Welcome to the jungle. Hey, tremendous Tuesday to you. What's cracking? I'm Jim Rome. I'm live. It's a short week, so we got a lot to get done. I got jammed five days into three days, so let's get it. Lots to get done and a really fun show for you today, so let me set you up. First hour, open phones. Hit me up, 1-800-636-8686. Can I reiterate? Short week, five days jammed into three. Get up in here. Take advantage of hour number one. I've got three interviews coming up, one in studio, the rare in-studio interview, and that's coming up in hour number two, which I'll tell you about momentarily. But in the meantime, I want you in right now, one 636 8686 Hit me up on the X at Jim Rome. Email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at habitake.com. All right, coming up at the top of hour number two, I think. I can't confirm. I can't guarantee because, quote, plans change. This guy's whole lifestyle is plans change. This guy being my son. Rogues! Logan Rome is scheduled to come in studio at the top of hour number two. However, you never know with the kid. Now, he knows what I'm about. He knows I would not look kindly upon him flaking out on this. However, I know the kid. Quote, plans change. Last I checked with him late last night from a hot tub, he was coming in here. So that that is the plan. I can't guarantee it. Logan Rome in studio. You might say, damn, Rome, self-serving much? Mama doesn't ask for much, but I think Mama would like to see her son and her husband come together on TV. Now, remember, the last time we did a Rome family interview, it was Jake Rome. Don't play it, Alvy. It was Jake Rome, age seven, back in 08. So we don't do this. But Logan is home from college, and it is Thanksgiving. We thought we had an opportunity. I'm going to take a shot at it. Now, clones, by the way, if you want to participate, I have no idea how this is going to go. I really don't. I have no idea. I don't even know that Logan knows the show at all. But if you want to send some questions in, go right ahead. Hit us up on the X right now at Jim Rome. Maybe I'll read them. Believe me, I got plenty I want to talk to them about. But you can do that, or you can hit me up via email, Rome at habitate.com. Maybe a telephone call. So I'm spending a lot of time on that. I don't really know. I have no idea how that's going to go. I don't even know if he's going to go. But I'm saving a spot for rogues right off to my left. Top of hour number two. Things that I know will happen. Two interviews via Zoom. Blake Cashman, a linebacker for the Houston Texans. You may or may not know him, but I know this. One, they're a big-time jungle karma team. Number two, he had an amazing game. He had 19 tackles in that game. And they're keeping it going. So he's going to join us via Zoom. Top of hour three. Also, at the end of hour number three, it's about time we talked a little hockey. Golden Knights hockey. The defending champs having a big year again. Their head coach, Bruce Cassidy, will join me at 1140. All right, so once again, the first hour is open. Tomorrow, some of you asked the question yesterday, if it's a short week and Wednesday is the last show of the week, are you going to beef early? Yes, we will beef tomorrow. If you got thoughts on rogues, hit me up right now. Once again, 1-800-636-8686. That's not the big story, though. The big story is last night's game. The Chiefs. Chiefs. The Chiefs might have the best player in the world. The Chiefs might have the best head coach in the world. Thanks, Alvy. 
starting to wonder. The Chiefs might have the best defense they've had in a very, very long time. But that does not mean that the Chiefs don't have problems because they do. Plenty. But the biggest of their problems stems from one main issue. Catching the damn football. Or lack of catching the damn football. Seriously, has anybody ever seen a good team, a contending team, the defending champs, put so many balls on the ground? Has anybody ever seen any team, good, bad, or otherwise, drop so many balls? It's like the Chiefs' toughest opponent is themselves right now. And last night, the Chiefs successfully took themselves down. No knock on the Eagles. They found a way to grind that out. They've got grit. They're tough. No knock on them. But it's a knock on the Chiefs. Absolutely. I don't want to hang it all on MVS, though. Although all of X hung it on MVS last night. Brutal as that drop was. That's the one that will sear in memory. That's the one that's been trending on the X all night and all morning. But it was far from the only drop. Let's not ignore the five other drops in this game. Of course, he catches that ball, takes it into the end zone, erases everything. But not the bottom line problem. The underlying problem is these dudes can't catch. None of them. Ignore that fourth and 25 dot that Justin Watson took off of his face two plays after the MBS disaster. And let's not overlook the fact that this is not a new issue for Kansas City. This is no one-off. These dudes lead the league in drops so far this year with 26. Get this. 21% of Mahomes' incompletions have come on drops, which seems pretty shocking until you watch that team play. And then you can't believe that the number's not even higher than that. But there's clearly more going on with this offense than just the drops. These, these stats are incredible. Consider the fact that they have not scored a second-half point in a month. They're the lowest-scoring second-half team in the league so far this year. They've only scored one fourth-quarter TD all year long. So, yes, the receiving core is completely jacked up, but they still have Mahomes. They still have Travis Kelsey. So it's pretty hard to understand how they still have Andy Reid. It's pretty hard to understand how they have such a horrendous second-half offense. I mean, I'll give you another stat. The Jets have nine more second-halves or second-half points over the last month than the defending champs, even as they were dying on Coog Hunter Hill. More points than the Chiefs. It, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's happening, you guys. It's happening. It is happening, you guys. It doesn't make any sense. Even that long face knows. Yet, despite despite all that, Kansas City was still essentially one catch away from beating Philadelphia and getting to 8-2, and two, except this happened. At their own 49, Chiefs second down and 10. Four-man rush, shotgun snap, back to pass, Mahomes 7. Winds up, long pass, down the middle, he's got him! Over the shoulder, drop! A drop at the 2 by Marquez Valdez-Scantling! Off his gloves, incomplete, third and ten, stunned silence at Arrowhead. Wow! As always, hit him in the worst possible spot, his hands. 
I feel for the dude. He's been a jungle regular. I always enjoy talking to him. And pretty rough to watch him go head down in the tunnel after the game and slam his helmet against the Chiefs logo on the wall. Times did he tell us when we visited with him? I don't Damn. Was that a helmet slam or a bomb going off? When we visited with him. Even Joe Buck flinched all the way up in the booth. Times did he tell us when we visited with him? Listen, I understand why he was so frustrated. Believe me. Every single person in that stadium felt that frustration and would have slammed something against something else. He should be frustrated. That was a disaster. But let's not totally lose sight of the fact that he did have a role in helping that team win a Lombardi last year. Dude did go off for 116 and a TD in the AFC Championship game. Let's not get too carried away with all the MVS slander. Pat knows, which is why Pat was not about to step to a podium and run that dude under the nearest double-decker. Not that that's something Pat has ever done or Pat would ever do. So, of course, he was not going to do it last night, and this reaction was not surprising from Pat. At one downfield and Marquez won. Um, dude just didn't, didn't come away with the ball. I mean, I could probably throw a little bit shorter. He was that open. So, uh, yeah, you just got to continue to, to try to get better and better. Hey, listen, I know there are some people doing cartwheels, and seeing double rainbows about that answer on the X. Like, oh, oh, classiest thing I've ever seen. Really are pretty much the one thing that any quarterback would say. I mean, Pat is classy. Pat's a great player. Pat, excuse me, Patrick. Patrick is a great player. Patrick is a class act. But any real quarterback who is a real leader would have said the same exact thing. It's part of the gig, right? It's part of being the guy. It means you take the blame even if it's not your fault. And believe me, it was not Patrick's fault last night, even if he did have that red zone pick. But whatever is going on with this offense is definitely weird, really weird. Not the good kind of weird, 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 which is even worse because the Chiefs' defense is so scary. The defense is straight-up scary. For most of that game last night, the defense did a great job of locking the Eagles up. They did their freaking job. How many times could you say that about the Chiefs' defense during their dynastic run? How many times did the Chiefs' defense pull the offense out of the fire when they were stacking Dubs and Lombardis? None. Never. It never happened. Just as you could never, ever make this statement. And this is a real statement. I mean this. The Chiefs' defense is better than the Chiefs' offense. It is right now. That's no hot take. That's not even debatable. That's a fact. If you can't catch a freaking football, it is safe to say that your defense is better than your offense. No matter who you have under center or at tight end or on the sideline dialing up the plays, the defense is better than their offense. But I've got to say, the most impressive defensive play in that game was made by Philly. Specifically, Eagles rookie Jalen Carter. You see this dude. You see this dude actually try to pick off a Mahomes spike at the end of the first half. Never mind a heady play for a rookie. That's got to be one of the headiest and craziest plays I've ever seen from any player on any field. The dude seriously dove between the center's legs and nearly pulled it off. He timed it up. He jumped right between Creed Humphrey's wickets, and he nearly got his mitts on the ball. 
I mean, even the hood man had to be impressed with that. Even the hood man sending a dude in motion to block a field goal. Can't believe that idea. And just last week, the hood and Bailey Zappi ran the ugliest fake spike play in the history of the game. Last night, though, Jalen Carter just missed pulling off the most beautiful and brilliant attempt at a spike defense of all time. Who even knew that spike defense was a thing? Who even knew you could do something like that? And where did he get that brilliant idea from? The place where all brilliant ideas come from. The internet, of course. This is so amazing. He says he saw some kid, some high school kid, do it on YouTube. I saw on the internet. I seen it on YouTube. Uh, some high school kid tried it. He actually caught the ball. So I was like, you know, that's a good idea. And I knew they were spiking it. So you know, I tried to go for it. I don't know what I like best about that, that he got the idea from, quote, some high school kid on the internet or that the high school kid on the internet actually pulled it off. I mean, what, my dude's just online looking at high school kids doing crazy things and used it in an NFL game, and it almost worked? He picked it up from a high school kid on YouTube, and it almost worked. Man, I got to find that clip. Hey, by the way, I don't know if you know this, I have a YouTube channel. I do. Shameless plug opportunity that I do not plug nearly enough. You should be subscribed if you aren't already at Jim Rome Show. At Jim Rome Show on YouTube. Thank me later. No, in fact, thank me right now. You're welcome. So that Jalen Carter play. You're welcome. My Thank you, Matt. You're welcome too. That might have been the most impressive play that Philly made all night long. That my dude, Kevin Byard's pick in the end zone. And again, I'm not looking to take anything away from Philly. Like, when they had to make a play, they made a play. They're tough now. They're tough, and they've got grit. But the fact of the matter is, they didn't do anything overwhelming. They didn't do anything especially significant. Jalen Hurts hit one big play. Credit for that. Big league, big-time pass. And he found Devontae Smith, who's an absolute stud. Love him. DeAndre Swift got loose a few times. They were tough, though, as always, in the trenches. But essentially, that's all the Eagles needed. Just had to make a play or two here or there, and they got it done. Again, not a knock on them. They're 9-1 again. It's a credit to who they are and what they do and how solid they are. It is not a knock on Philly. But it's absolutely a knock on the Chiefs, who essentially did beat themselves last night. And yes, they still have Mahomes. And it was not his fault. They still have Big Red. Travis Kelsey. Although my dude was all wrong last night. He just was off. He was off. And no, I don't want to hear about how his lady wasn't there. And that's the problem. You can take that someplace else. He just was off. And they still have a great defense now. So what I'm saying is, Casey, I I know you're furious. I know you're in shock. I know that you want to hit that panic button. I know all the above. I wouldn't hit the panic button yet. But it is time to acknowledge that there is something seriously wrong with that offense. Well, aside from the fact that none of them can catch the football. But they're off. They're definitely off. They're not what they were a year ago. And it just cost them their biggest game of the season. Oh, and Tyreek Hill's got to be laughing his ass off right now. Once again. Once again, the Eagles, and more so 
Nick Sirianni can puff their chest out because the Tush Push, still the dumbest name ever, the Tush Push or the Brotherly Shove or whatever it is, still remains the single most unstoppable play in the NFL. Where's the camera? If everybody could do it, everybody would do it. Where's the camera? If Where's the camera? everybody could do it, everybody would. Where's the camera? Where's the and camera? like it's famously it, said, is it. there an advantage to having first and nine when everybody else has first and ten? I guess. I don't know. Where's the camera? Where's the camera? Where's the camera? If everybody- hey, Chiefs fan. I mean, I could sit here all day long and talk about what happened last night, but how about those of you who sat in that stadium in the rain? How about those of you who sat there, those of you who watched it, those of you who have lived it? What's it feel like? What does it feel like? Eagle fan, you never need an invite. You have a standing invite, Eagle fan. You know I love you. Jalen Hurts is tough, dude. That is a tough cat. A.J. Brown is a stud. Love him. Love Devontae. They did what they had to do. I've been in that environment. That's a hostile environment. They did what they had to do. Big Head and I were essentially beside ourselves. I'm not going to lie. We laid the points. Kansas City won that game. It was won. They did what they had to do. They had that game won, and then we're watching it all fall apart. And the Big Head and I have been through this enough to know, like, oh, dude, they definitely are not going to win this game. I mean, they're going to lose the game outright. And they did. And we saw it coming. Who didn't see that coming? Even when, before, I mean, we made that point before MVS dropped that ball. But did anybody really expect one of their receivers to make a big-time catch at the end of that game to bail them out when they've been dropping the ball all game long? Never mind that. They've been dropping the ball all season long. They lead the league in drops. 1-800-636-8686. So pretty much no matter what, unless it's the worst game ever, on a Tuesday morning, I'm going to lead with the Monday night matchup. However, Pittsburgh, I would have ordinarily led with you. All together now, can we sing the Canadian National Anthem? Oh, Canada. Early Christmas, Berg. You got your guy whacked. Well, you didn't. But the players clearly did. He's gone. Matt Canada. How pumped are you, Steeler fan? I mean, that was, in effect, your Super Bowl. There's your one for the thumb right there. There's your one for the thumb. That's number five right there. My man Terry Bradshaw's got four, and now y'all got one. Saskatchewan, gone. I'm not looking to celebrate anybody getting fired. It's bad form. I'm not trying to get anybody fired. That's bad form. But this dude had to go. And probably sooner than he did. One for the thumb, Steeler fan. I want to talk about Bacon 46. Not for being a cornball. Not for being cringe. (laughs) He stole those things. But for clapping back hard on the NFL product. I did not expect to see that from him. That was awesome. And he did. So let me set you up one more time. I know it's a holiday week. I know people are flying around, doing what they're doing. Get on the phones. Hit me up. 1-800-636-8686. We're going to talk to a linebacker for the Texans at 11. Straight up. Blake Cashman. 
Bruce Cassidy is the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, 1140. And I don't know, plans change, but we are efforting my son, our son, Logan Rome, in studio, top of our number two. I have not heard from him this morning, which is not unusual. It's 920. I mean, the, the chances that that kid's even awake are like nil. He laid out his schedule for me in college. They rarely go to bed before 2. They rarely wake up before 11. Yet I'm asking this guy to be in here by 9.30. Good luck with that. Hey, listen, don't miss See Better Drive Safer Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts, where you'll get great deals on wiper blades, headlight bulbs, and cleaning products, plus more. Get up to a $20 O'Reilly gift card after rebate on select purchases, and their professional parts people will even install your wiper blades for free. Get ready for the weather ahead during See Better Drive Safer Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Stop by your local store or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Trust the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. All right, clones, once again, one quick question. Why is Old Trapper beef jerky so amazing? Why don't we start with the fact that it is a family business, which is responsible for it. A family business which stands by quality and produces the world's finest beef jerky. Do not be fooled by other brands. All beef jerky is not one and the same. Do not say, hey, uh, I'll take your beef jerky. There's lots of different beef jerkies, but only one Old Trapper. Theirs is the best. Look for it. It's in a clear view, iconic package. They want you to see exactly what you're buying. Every single bite of Old Trapper is tender. It's never tough because they use only the best ingredients from their lean strips of beef seasoned with top quality spices to their real wood-fired smoke. Comes in four mouth-watering flavors. It's lit every time you fire open the package. I love it. Thanks, Albie. Grab and go with a four-ounce bag. Load it up with an 18-ounce bag if you know what you want. That way, the entire team has enough. If you don't see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper. What is your beef? All right, so what's really funny, if you're watching on CBS Sports Network, you just saw the full screen of the two guests. The two guests that are coming up, but not my son, Logan Rome. I said, don't put it up there. Because I don't know. I don't know if he's coming or not. The big head, James Kelly, hit me up and said, dude, it'd be hilarious if he big leagued you. I'm like, hilarious. It's likely. It would not be out of character at all for that kid just to nap right through it. Oh, sorry, my bad. That's his famous go-to. My bad. Like, no matter how irresponsible or lacking in accountability. So, my bad. I'm like, dude, my bad does not erase missing an interview with your old man. My bad does not erase missing a midterm. My, My bad. Excuse me, my bad. My bad, my friend. I'm sorry. I think he's going to show up. If I had to bet it, but then again, you know how I bet. Not very well. If I had to bet it, I think he'll be here. Rome, affect the head. Sincerely, Marquez Valdez Scantling dropping the cover clinching touchdown. Affect the head. Dresden Seatown, Ward Joe Flacco and his sons Joe Jr. and Joe the Third leading Seatown to the Super Bowl. Oh no, we're we're well aware of the cover clinching touchdown. 
This says, quote, where's the camera? 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 Signed Jim Rome before and after hitting that four-ton crane in the studio and being put in concussion protocol. Jay in Virginia, fair. Where's the camera? Let me tell you about that four-ton camera I'm looking at right now. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. There's no give on that thing. It's not flexible. There's not padding on it. There's no give on it. Now, if you notice it, if you see it, you can't really see it, but if you see it, there's yellow tape all around it, like yellow tape to set it off. Like, dude, don't walk into the camera. There's yellow tape all over it. You know, like when you're a kid, I mean, you have to be a certain age, but when I was a kid, we had sliding glass doors and my parents dropped like my butterfly. They're showing it again. This, There it is. That's me cracking my dome. If you're watching on CBS Sports Network, when I was a kid, we had these sliding glass doors. So my mom put like decals on them, like a butterfly or a dog or whatever. So you wouldn't walk into it. Yeah. Hey, hey Jan, where were you when I need you to put a butterfly on the camera? Where's the camera? Don't think that would have helped because I had my head in my phone. Craziest thing ever. I've told you this before, but I've never understood this. I went to a club in London once. And I never understood this. They have an entire wall that's a mirror. So obviously it makes the room look huge. But what it really does is, if you have a bunch of absolutely bleep can people, they walk right into the mirror thinking that they're walking through the room. Like I never understood that at all. I went there one night and I spent the whole night looking at it like and watching people bounce off the wall. I'm like, what is that? Why would you do that? Is that not a lawsuit or liability? Kind of like that camera. But notice, I didn't sue anybody when I bounced my head off it twice. It's my own fault. It was my own fault. Like, I didn't say, I didn't allege to the CBS network, hey man, you lined that camera up. You lined it up so I would walk right into it and get concussed. No, I was looking at my phone walking out. Here's the camera. Okay, great. Good job. If you're watching on CBS Sports Network, that's the camera I walked into. There's the tape. That yellow tape, it taught me, it helped me because I was concussed and I don't remember. I'm not even sure you were here. Was that tape on before as a deterrent or was that tape on in response afterwards? Alvi. Alvi says, after the first time I walked into it, they doubled up on the yellow. So there's the famous thermostat below. And that's the camera. That's the camera that I smashed into. You're probably thinking, like, what's the big deal? Let me tell you something, man. Think Nancy Kerrigan getting that pipe smashed into her knee. Multiply that by 100. And then imagine it being your head, your brain, and not your knee. I bounced off that thing. And I was like, why? Why? Camera's looking at me like, yeah, you want some more of that? You want to try me again? Where's the camera? Old man. You want some more of this, old man? I'm like, no. No, why? 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 Actually, I didn't do that. I was concussed. I was in shock. No, Alvin came rushing in and put a blue tent over me. John New York writes, so cool. Who gives a crap what anyone thinks? Maybe fat in Richmond. 
can call in and apologize to the kid for butchering his name. Maybe 12 would can do a quick phone interview. Anyway, sounds like a lot of fun coming up the top of our number two. Hey, John, I know you get it. John, you get it because you've met the kid. John, you get it because you know the fam. John was at the famous Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and I brought John over and I said to my fam, I'm like, this here is one of the most famous loyal clones ever. This guy bought tickets to be a part of the event. Rogues, Jake, Jan, my mother, DJ, close friends. This is John in New York. John knows. Yeah, dude, I, I, I don't care at all. And by the way, Logues doesn't care at all. That's the beauty of Logues. When this came up, I'm like, do you want to do this? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good if you want, if you want. And if not, that's cool. Like, he just kind of rolls. Like, don't expect Logues to come in with his, with the old man energy. He's different, which is what's great. We're all different. Rogues is way more laid back. I, I, again, I don't even know if he knows anything about the show other than the so-called Rat Pack. We're going to find out. Pauly and Baldwin writes, yo, Pops, the agreement is I do the interview with you and we go to Javier's for dinner tonight. Signed, Rogan Loam. Listen, Rogues, Rogan Rogues is always about a good Javier's run, but it depends on what phase he's in. I think right now he's more... I don't know what the kid's eating right now. I know he's eating dorm food. So Javier's probably sounds like the best thing ever. The one thing the kid did do that shocked me, every kid that comes home from college, they stop. They don't even come home. They get off the airplane, every kid I know, and they go right to in and out Then they come home. He didn't do that. I think the kid hit Chipotle. I don't know. His boys picked him up at the airport. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Tell me. I don't know. I'll have to ask him if I remember. I, I don't know. I know Jake did. Every time Jake came home from Wisconsin, he, he went right to In-N-Out and then to the house. And one more. At Mokmoda. Logan Rome's appearance rider. His appearance rider is great. A sack of Cali Cron. Some nasty-ass IPAs. Unlimited In-N-Out burgers. Bowls of M&M's with the brown ones removed. Unlimited use of Pop's Whip. Two bags of laundry washed and folded. That's strong. Not all of it's true, but that's strong. All right, so as an example, it's now 36 past. I told the kid to get here at 930. I don't know if he's in the house or not. I don't know. I don't even know if the kid's awake or not. But he's supposed to be in studio at the top of our number two. We're going to find out. Once again, I'm looking for your phone calls. 1-800-636-8686. He also hit me yesterday with, it's going to be really short, right? And I said, if you suck, it will be. But if we're having fun and you're flowing, then no, we'll stretch it out. We'll see how it goes, son, if you show up. All right. Let me check out the... Oh, they made him a graphic. Rogan Lowe. Check him out on CBS Sports Network. I love this. The graphic reads, if you're listening on radio, you can't see it. If you're watching on CBS Sports Network, it's awesome. It says, coming up, Rome, and then below it, the lower third, Logan Rome, maybe 1 p.m. Eastern, question mark. Well played, New York. Appreciate you. 
That is awesome. Probably the last time you put on a baseball hat or a baseball uniform. All right, when we come back, an open segment leading into what may or may not happen at the top of the hour. Hey, listen, don't be surprised if the kid bags. Quote, plans change. Plans change. This one had best not change, given how I promoted it. Can you imagine my own kid Westberging me? Westerberging me? It could happen. Logan Rome could Westerberg me. And I'll come home just like, like enraged, like, dude, are you kidding me? What was that? My bad. Oh, y'all, I know it's your bad, dude. Get your ass out of bed. But then again, he might be down the hall, and I'm wasting my energy and breath. I'll find out in a minute. Right now, time for a sports update here. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Good news. Rogues is in the house. I saw him. He'll be in studio next segment. All right. Confirmed. Plans did not change. Well, they still could. He may walk in here, look around, and say, I'm out. I'm good. He's got 14 minutes to make new plans. All right. So, in, we'll get to that top of the hour. Breaking news of this morning. In one football crazy steel town, Thanksgiving just came early this morning. Or maybe I should say Christmas came early because what's better than Christmas? Because I know to Steeler fan, nothing is better than this. If you have not heard the news yet, I might as well just give it to you in a way that you clones best understand. If you're getting ready for work right now, then you're probably not Matt Nova Scotia. You're getting ready for work right now, then you're, you're probably not Doug right Collins. Matt not Nova Doug Scotia. Collins. That's right. After a truly horrible and heavily criticized stint as the Steelers OC, Matthew Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, relieved of his duties this morning. That's right. It is Canadian Liberation Day in the Berg as Steeler Nation is finally liberated from Matthew Canada. And what an accomplishment on the way out the door for Matt Saskatchewan. Because he just became the first Steeler head coach or coordinator fired in the middle of a season since 1941. An incredible stat. Steeler fan, the long nightmare is over. Or the eight-month nightmare is over. Steeler fan, you did it. Like I said, Steeler fan, that's essentially one for the thumb. You just won your Super Bowl. It's like Steeler fans just experienced all of the success of the 70s in one single morning. Steeler fan probably wants to hang a banner at Heinz Field and have a parade right now. They're probably like, cancel the rest of the season. What's the point? We've already accomplished the ultimate goal, the mission. I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating, but only barely. This guy was essentially the single most or least popular person in the city of Pittsburgh and also apparently in his own locker room. That's what forced this change. 
If Sunday's display was any indication, that's what this ultimately came down to. It wasn't just that Steeler fan was completely over this guy and his offense. It's pretty clear, and even more importantly, Steeler player was completely over this guy and his offense. Don't believe me? Listen to what Najee Harris had to say after the game. I'm tired of this shit. You can do two things. You can look at the record and say, okay, well, we're still good right now. But look at the record and be like, if we keep playing this type of football, how long is that going to last? Right. I look at it like, how long is that going to last? He's not wrong. And that's a pretty rough look coming from one of your star players. And not a dude who typically flies off the handle. But that's not nearly as rough as the look as the report that dropped yesterday from The Athletic. It explained how Deontay Johnson had to be physically restrained from a member of the coaching staff on the sideline on Sunday. Quote, Then there was Johnson getting visibly upset on the sidelines during the second half Sunday, which was significant enough that rookie offensive tackle Broderick Jones had to pick him up and carry him away from a member of the coaching staff. That led to a lengthy sideline talk between Johnson and the coach Mike Tomlin during the give-and-take moment. I mean, dude, he needed a lineman to pick him up and physically remove him from cold-cocking one of the coaches. That's bad. Now, we don't know, unfortunately, which member of the coaching staff it was. It would be very irresponsible to speculate. But how incredible would it be if it was Matthew Manitoba himself? Had to be, right? I don't think any of the players are going to roll up and try the head coach. And not only because he's the head coach, but look at Tomlin. You want any of that? If you have to choose between who you want to let the hands go with, Manitoba or Tomlin, who are you going to roll up on? Anyway, we know that Manitoba was down on the sidelines. And that didn't help fix the problem. Obviously. Spoiler alert, it did not. Apparently, all it did was get him closer to the players who can't stand him and his offense. After a total meltdown like that, Mike Tomlin had no choice. The offense had gotten outgained in all 10 games. Tiny Hands is regressing by the second. The entire offense, that's justifiable alarm. Normally, I think the tiny hands alarm is in poor form. Not now. Not the way he's playing. The entire offense seems to hate the entire offense. Like, I know Tomlin is one of the most loyal dudes ever, but even he eventually found the limit to that incredible loyalty. Well, if you believe Tomlin, he came out this morning and he did take credit for the decision, even though there was already a report on the X that it was actually Art Rooney himself who had to pull the plug. Tomlin said it was his call, his call alone, and he also said this, quote, we're not urinating on the fire, man. Mike, are these final seven games important, critical in the long-term development of Kenny? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm focused on this week in terms of the development of Kenny. Um, you know, we're not urinating on the fire, man. Honestly, I'm not even sure what that means. I love it. But I'm not even sure what that means. Hey, man, we're only worried about this week. We're not urinating on the fire, man. We're not urinating on the fire, man. You're not? You should be. Steeler fans like, we've been waiting all year to urinate on this fire. 
In fact, the ones who really got tired of waiting to urinate on that fire took a dump on that fire. You have a big dump in your pants. What do you mean you're not urinating on that fire? We're not urinating on why the fire, not? man. Hey, Mike, why not? Why aren't you urinating on that fire? If I were you, I'd take a big dump on that fire. I mean, bottom line is this. I, I don't know if he was made to fire the guy. Of course, he's never going to say that. Tomlin's going to say, that's on me. That's on me. And by the way, we're not urinating on the fire. We're not urinating on the fire, man. I'll tell you what. Two things. One, you should be urinating on the fire. And two, you had to fire that guy. And I'm not here to take food off of anybody's table or put anybody's urine on any fire. But if you don't fire that guy, you lose your locker room. That move We're had to be made. On the fire, man. Even if it's not a Steeler organization type of move. I'm not in that locker room. I'll give you that. But I don't need to know that if you don't make that move and start urinating on that fire, you We're lose the locker the fire, room. Man. Then you've got a full-blown mutiny on your hands. He had to fire that guy. Or whoever fired that guy had to fire that guy. Steeler fan, how does it feel? How does it feel to know that he's gone? And how does it feel to know that they're not urinating on that fire? We're not urinating Whatever that means. When we come back, our son, Logan Rome, in studio. Rogues! makes a triumphant return. And yes, it is a return. Stay tuned.